Good evening. It is uh, great to be with you tonight. It is, uh, it's been an interesting couple of days uh, trying to get here, especially this morning. I know we normally stream at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and um, we been, uh, we, we've been on vacation this last week, and we decided to do something unusual for us, and that was extend our stay a little bit, um, given that I'm uh, able to work remotely at the time, and uh, Adam hadn't started school yet, and we've got several of our family here, and so I thought, I will just uh, stream service this Sunday, and so we, uh, last night was supposed to be the last day of our vacation, and, uh, or night before last was the last night, we were supposed to go home yesterday. And uh, we found this this condo last minute VRBO rental. Thought we had it worked out. Got there last night, and it had some plumbing issues, and ended up not being able to stay there. Uh, after at about 4:30 yesterday evening, we were in North Carolina. Uh, ended up driving two hours to Wilmington, North Carolina. Finally found a hotel room that uh, did not have good internet service this morning. So uh, we are nonetheless we are here, and I guess it's timely. Um, that we would make this crazy trip yesterday, and I would feel a bit like Moses uh, as he wandered um, through the desert and the children of Israel, not knowing where they were headed, where they were going to sleep, and what, what was going to happen. And I totally felt that last night. Um, so tonight we are uh, we're, we're not going to have any worship. I'm just going to share uh, the next. We're going to we're going to talk about this next passage of scripture. Uh, that we are in, in in the book of Exodus, starting in chapter 12. And we're going to talk about what it's like when we know um, that we've got two different paths to take. And in our life, uh, we, we, we tend to always think about doing things our way. I don't know. I do anyway. I don't know if, if you feel the same, but um, I'm, I'm consistently struggling with these plans of, I develop in my heart and trying to align that with uh, the, the, the Old Testament that says God, in, in man's heart, we plan our ways, uh, but God directs our steps. And combining those two things together and always being open to, to God's way. And so we're going to look at this story, the, this continue to look at this story, as Moses and the children of Israel commit to follow God into the unknown. And what does that mean in our life? Not the title of the message is God's Way. Uh, at first, uh, I, I was going to call it God's way is not our way. And while that is true, uh, I want to say this, that um, God's way is not only is it not our way, but it is greater than our way, something we need to always remember. Um, so what I want to do is we're going to take through, we're going to work our way through this, uh, starting in chapter 12. I got three things that we're going to see this part of the story that we can learn that are positive, that uh, are things we should take away and are part of understanding that God's way is greater than our way and things we need to do when we're following God into the unknown. And then we're going to look at one potential obstacle or pitfall that can come along when we're at this point in our life. I'm going to start with a word of prayer, if that's all right. Uh, so wherever you are, let's bow our heads and just pray with me. God, we thank you for this time tonight. We thank you, God, that in the midst of life's chaos, your word holds true. Um, God, we're thankful that when we get off center, you always bring us back. You bring your children back. You're consistently seeking after them. Uh, God, and just showing your love and your grace and your mercy. Um, God, I'm thankful 
that uh, our family is safe, thankful that we can be here, thankful that I can share with our church family, uh, God, in this creative way, uh, in, in a hotel room, uh, hundreds of miles away, we can still be together, continue learning uh, your word and applying it to our life, because we know that makes all the difference. God, give us, uh, as we open your word, open our hearts to receive it, and let us take it with us. And God, and apply it and live differently because of truth we found from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so what we're going to do, um, let's see, I'm going to walk through this. Uh, in, in chapter 12, uh, we, we find something as we come to the end of, uh, of the first verse 34, chapter 12, verse 34. Um, the first thing we're going to look at when we are following God into the unknown, is preparation. I'll go ahead and tell you the four things we're going to talk about tonight. One is preparation. Two is communication. Uh, three is dedication. And the fourth thing is hesitation. These are the four things we're going to look at tonight. Three of them good. One of them a potential pitfall. And so we find in, first, uh, in chapter 12 of Exodus, verse 34, it says, so people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs uh, wrapped in clothing. I want you to understand what is happening here. If you remember where we ended last week in verse 33 is that uh, the Pharaoh had uh, finally, after the plague of the firstborn, he had given in and allowed, actually begged the children of Israel to leave in haste. And this was uh, this is something that is interesting because in chapter in verse 34, immediately after he calls them to haste, it says so they took their dough and they were ready to go. If you remember in chapter 12, verse 11, this is what Moses, what God told Moses, how he told the children to prepare and what to do. It says this is how you are to eat it when they were talking about the Passover meal and the lamb that they were going to eat. This is how you're to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. That's chapter 12, verse 11. And what, what I want you to understand in this is that uh, when we are trusting God's way instead of our own, when we are willing to step out and go into the unknown with our faith in Him, we're, it's going to require doing some things that don't make sense. It's going to require doing some things that don't make sense. And that's exactly what they were doing here. It, it was not normal practice for them to be dressed like this, have their cloak tucked in their belt, their sandals on their feet, and a staff in their hand while they're eating this meal um, and, and standing and ready at midnight. This was this is similar, not at the same scale, but this is just like uh, like Noah who built an ark on dry land. There's a bit of preparation. There is there's a bit of effort and emphasis in their obedience, doing things that aren't logical, that don't make sense to the world. Like, wait, why why are you doing that? Why is he doing that? Why is she doing that? What what are you doing? That doesn't make sense, and this would have been one of those things. Why are they why are they eating dinner with their the, still dressed and like they're ready to run? And yet, in their preparation, their faith was evident. In, in, in the preparation is where our faith becomes evident when we are willing to do things 
that might not make sense to the world when we feel God tugging in our heart in a certain direction. This would have made their faith evident to their neighbors. They are ready to leave Egypt on a mass exodus. We're going through chapter 14 tonight. We find that there were 600,000 roughly uh, men, not counting women and children. It says some other people even came with them, probably Egyptians and maybe other prisoners. People who may have looked at their faith in their preparation and said, this truly is the living God. I want to follow this God. I want to go uh, with this people. I want to go be where he is. I want to put my faith and trust uh, in him. And so I ask you, are you doing some things that don't make sense? Uh, Bethany and I have done this uh, over and over in our personal lives and um, we, we've, we've tried to lead our church in this way that we have tried to do things that maybe don't make perfect sense. I come from a business background. It's really tempting for me to start thinking strategically and planning out like a business uh, for our church. And every time I start to do that, God takes me a different path and I find myself not following numbers or strategy, but following his spirit, his lead, his guidance. Um, and, you know, I felt from the beginning, I felt like God wanted us to be downtown Pikeville. You may remember the story. I was driving into town and um, my office was downtown. I was driving in, uh, taking exit 23, taking that bridge, coming to downtown Pikeville. And uh, I often, in, in my work, refer to Pikeville as the heart of Eastern Kentucky. And, um, and I remember God just speaking to me and saying, I want to be the heart of Eastern I want to be in the heart of Eastern Kentucky. And I remember thinking, we're saving, we're saving money. We're putting money away for a church, for a building. For, you know, we were meeting every day, every Sunday in Gene Wiley Theater. We were, we were saving. Um, we, many of us thought to purchase land and build a church and yet God brought us into this opportunity to be on Main Street and I don't, if you've not been joining us very long you probably don't know uh, the story that we were able to lease the space uh, the, the lady who owns the building gave us uh, she was so excited that it was going to be a church in there she gave us a discount for the first year and the second year and then it turns out it needed remodeled to turn it into a sanctuary and do the things we wanted to downstairs. And we had saved uh, in the uh, three years, I guess, we had been a church um, just over uh, just over $100,000, uh, about $120,000. And the first quote we got to do the work to remodel was within $200 of what we had saved in our building fund. We were thinking one way, and God said, nope. You, are you going to say, wait, you've saved all this money, and God, you? we were thinking we were going to invest it. You're an investor, right? If you're in business, you think, I want to put that in equity. I want to own a building. God's saying, you don't need to own a building. I'm building a church. And so our leaders, our, our members unanimously said, you know what? We're going to go lease this space. We're going to remodel it. We're going to change lives because that's where God wants us to be. So sometimes it takes doing things that don't make in preparation to make your faith evident and uh and, and so your friends specifically those who aren't christians should be saying what wait you mean you're not going to watch that movie you're not doing this you're not 
you know, doing that. This isn't making sense. What what you're doing? You mean you 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 take your Sundays and you go to church and you're you're not doing fun things. You take Saturdays and you volunteer in ministries. You take your extra time and and you do this with it. What that doesn't make sense to me. Our faith will be evident in our preparation because they believed at this point in time, at any rate, that that God was going to do what he had promised to do, that he was going to deliver the way he had promised he was going to deliver. And so preparation, the first thing is, if we're going to follow God in the unknown, we got to prepare, you got to be prepared, and that takes doing things that don't make sense. you got to be willing when your faith is strong to do things that don't make sense. Sense. The second thing we find is communication. In chapter 13 and verse 17, it says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, through though that was shorter. And this is really the heart of the message this evening. Uh, for God said if they faced war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led, them, led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. So here, if if I uh, if I could show you on the map, the children of Israel, they could have gone directly along the Mediterranean Sea to their final destination. And this was us last night. <laughs> what we, if we would have been tracking on our uh, GPS tracker, and I could have played back to you where we drove last night and what we did, it would look like we were totally lost and just aimlessly roaming the coast of North Carolina. Um, but they they could have went straight there. And there will be times in life where God, you're looking at things, you think, I could go straight there. God, this is the path. This makes perfect sense. This is how it should go. But he took the children of Israel, and it just looks like he screwed. It looked like Harker got a hold of a crayon on, you know, the, the kids' menu at a restaurant. It made no sense. But there was something happening that's critical here, and it was communication. It was them listening to Moses and Moses listening to God. And if you go on down in verse 21, it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Chapter 14, verse 1 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pihiroth, between Migdal and the sea in front of Balzephon. You shall encamp facing it by the sea. They would have all known the straight path to Canaan, the straight path to the promised land, the land that God had promised through Abraham and all of their ancestors that they would eventually own. It would be their land. They knew the path there. And this was not it. This was not it. But there was constant communication. Moses was talking to God. God was in tune with them. They were in tune with where God was taking them uh, every step of the way. The same is true for us. It's to be step locked in, step and step with our Creator, communicating 
on what do you have next for me? Because there are some things abundantly clear in the Bible that we should or shouldn't do, and there's a lot in life that there's gray area. You know, what what career should I do? What school should I go to? There's lots of things that are not clear set, that are right or wrong, um, that we're going to seek God's guidance on. Should I buy this house or that house? There's clear things, and then there's unclear things about what we should do. And how do we communicate with God today? I wish sometimes he would send a pillar of fire, you know, a cloud and and, and guide, but he, he doesn't. He guides today through relationship, through relationship. They actually promised in the New Testament God was going to send a helper, an advocate, the Holy Spirit, that, that this, this step uh, requires one first step to have communication relationship with, with God is to give your life to Him, is to surrender, is total commitment to Him to get saved, to profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to trust in His perfection, His righteousness, to blot out all of your sin and your iniquities, and know that because of your faith in him, God sees us as righteous. That's the first step. And when we do that, it says we become a new creature and God comes to live and dwell inside of us. And we have that resurrection power living inside of us. And we begin to have a relationship, a relationship that can either grow and increase in closeness, that can continue on at mediocrity, or that can slowly be distanced. The number one way to distance yourself between God and his will and your life is sin, unrepentant sin. If, if you are continually doing something that you know is wrong, with no guilt, no intention to change, it's going to be really difficult because your conscience can even get jaded. It can get seared to the point that you don't even feel like it's wrong anymore. That you don't even want to hear God's word. You don't even hear one. You don't even want to hear truth anymore. And so James said that he made this promise: that if we draw near to God, that God would draw near to us. That there is a depth of relationship that you can find in total commitment to Him that will give you this this security, this feeling of day and night. I'm walking with my Maker, and I'm totally committed in prayer and Bible study and fellowship with other believers and who you sound surround yourself with. Because there will be people who say, that's crazy. That guy has lost his mind. And then there will be those that are part, that are Christians that have given their heart to Christ and they will be cheering you on. It will inspire their faith. And there will be those that are who aren't saved that will say, you're doing that. I see that as real faith. This is evidence what you're doing is evidence of the things that you hope for. So we see preparation, communication, and then just one verse I want to look at on this third one uh, is dedication. And and after after uh, after God told the Lord said to Moses in 14 verse one and two, tell the people to turn and go back, and they encamped basically at the Red Sea, and they were surrounded by mountains on all sides. Uh, and then Pharaoh at this point. Uh, God said his heart, he hardened his heart again, and and Pharaoh sends, uh, I think it was 600 chariots. These were essentially the army tanks of the time. After this, a couple million Israelites that are out in the wilderness that are now encamped at the Red Sea, and this is not their way, but it is God's way. 
And at this point, when God says, go camp by the sea, they are completely dedicated to what he is telling them to do. And in chapter 14, verse 4b, it says these four little simple words, and they did so. We find in their obedience a level of dedication, not just individually, but corporate or together. They all were obe corporate obedience. They did so collectively in unison. They exhibited this obedience and this faith and this commitment to go where God had them to go. Again, allowing their obedience to be, uh, to be evidence of their faith. Really incredible that they went there and they camped out. Um, we, we find these, those three things incredibly important. Preparation, communication, talking with God, and our dedication to do what he calls us to do and be obedient. Uh, and then we find, uh, like will happen over and over with the children of Israel, um, they, they, they exhibit faith and then they exhibit fear. They're not much different than you and me. Here in chapter 14, verse 10, we find the fourth thing, a potential pitfall when we are following God into the unknown, when we are, when we are balancing his way versus our way, we find the, the potential of hesitation. Chapter 14, verse 10 says, When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which we, he will work out for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Here at this moment, we see their faults and in their faults we can see our faults at this time when things are going the way we think they should we see god has created this amazing uh, miracle that's convinced pharaoh to let them go and the egyptians are giving them all their silver and gold and begging them to leave and they're getting ready to escape but then it leads to the red sea and this is not the way it should go in their minds is God's way, and they find some hesitation. They find that they're looking themselves back and saying, you remember our first sermon of the series was like moving on. There are some things that felt like a, that were a total blessing at one point in your life that have now become things of bondage. And God is calling you from that. He was calling them from that. And as they walked away from that, when things got uncertain, when they were in the middle of God's way and not their way, and it was a moment of uncertainty, there is the potential to boil up this, this just, man, I wish I was back in Egypt. And I'd just like to go 
with my buddies one more time and drink again. But I, this is just too hard. I'd just like to go back to the life I was living and doing the things that I was doing. God, you promised me you'd be with me, and I've, I've stepped out in faith, and now it feels like the wheels have fallen off and things aren't going the way they should go. And they find them hesitating, because this, this is what Moses is telling them. He says, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. He's saying, he's going to work it out for you. God's going to take care of this. And then the very next verse, this is what I love. As I've always preached that, I've preached on that before. For the gypsums whom you say you'll never see again, the Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. And in this moment where Moses is telling them to hesitate, to be silent and wait and let God do the work. Listen to what God says to Moses. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. To go forward. There was, there was this thing where Moses is saying, stand still, let's wait and let God take care of this. And God is reminding Moses, he's called him to be the leader. And he goes on to tell Moses to raise his staff up over the Red Sea. The Red Sea parts, you all know this story. Uh, and, and in the midst of fear, there's the, the chance, the risk of hesitation and verse 16 says lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians they come in after them once the children of Israel get through the Red Sea God closes up the sea and kills all of the Egyptians this is the unique combination of our efforts of us going forward and yet God still providing And here's what I want you to hear at the end of verse 17 as we get ready to wrap this up. It says, He will harden the heart of the Egyptians so that they will go into the sea after them. And he says, And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host and his chariots and his horsemen. At the end of the day, it's critically important to ask yourself, Why? Why am I taking big risks? Why am I following God into the unknown? What is my motivation? Because God's way is not about your success. It's not just about your, your deliverance. But it's about His glory. Is your motivation to be able to share with people and say, this is what God has done. Chapter 14, verse 18, And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariot, chariots, and his horsemen, and the Egyptians shall know that I am Lord. See, even in their hesitation and their grumbling, can you be thankful like me that God still cares for them and he still provides them, gives them an opportunity for deliverance? You see, our way, man's way to heaven is to try to be better and try harder. And God's way is simple. It's by faith through grace. By grace through faith are we saved, not by works. 
You may have been toiling with yourself and given all you've had to try to be a better person, to live up, to be as good as your spouse who is a Christian and you're not, and, and, and you just can't do it. And, and he's saying none of that. He, he's saying three words, simple words, coming to me. Listen, oh, I just he just wants a relationship. And then he gives you the power and strength and begins to change you from the inside out. This evening, I want you to just be reminded that you may be in the middle of what you felt like was God's way, but it seems like it's not working out. But just remember, his way is always greater than our way because it's about his glory. It's not about our success and everything being smooth sailing for us and perfect for us. He cares for us. He wants good for us. He fights for us. All of that is true. But at the end of the day, it is about his glory. You know, I want to address this just for a moment uh, as I begin to wrap up. Um, you may have seen over this last week uh, that uh, myself, I'm preparing to make a personal uh, transition. Um, I've been in a job for six years that uh, at one time I felt uh, and knew was a calling that God was in the middle of. And over the last six months to a year, Bethany and I, as we've spent time praying, um, we've just felt a change in our heart and God saying, it's time for a new season. It's time for a new chapter. Um, and, and so it's been over a month now that I talked to my board at SOAR and told them, um, that, that I was going to be making a transition. I had an employment contract that was up for renewal at the end of October. Uh, and I, I can't explain to you what it, uh, what at one time I could have never imagined doing. Uh, what it felt like to have God begin to just really change my heart and say it's time and how easy it felt to talk to them and say I feel like this is the the right thing for sore and the right thing for me and uh, we did that like we've done lots of things in our personal lives with no knowledge yet some gut instinct spiritual insight that God's doing um, doing something in our with our next chapter but in preparation, God kept saying, don't wait till you see what, I'm not going to show you what it is. I need you to take the first step. I need you in preparation to do things that don't make sense. And as I was, before we started this series, I, I told this right at the time we were getting ready to start this series. I talked to my board and it was all confidential until this last week. And so every week, and as I'm digging into this, I mean, this has been just for me week after week after week. And God's saying, take the first step. Take the first step. And from, you know, having conversations with our my, my board members and them saying, well, so where are you going? What's your, what, what, what do you, what job are you leaving for? And I said, I don't have another job. Uh, you know, I, I do own, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a partner, I'm a co-founder of, you know, Mountain Music Exchange, a guitar store. I work there a little bit. And I got a church and we're starting Faith Life Ministries. Um, 
and I've had lots of opportunities to leave store for other jobs. I felt in my heart, Bethany and I prayed from the beginning and said, you know what? Uh, I don't want to leave this job for another job. I feel like God's got other things. And, and so I stepped forward. I stepped out a month ago. I'm likely going to be there for another month to two months, probably through the end of September. Um, and, and God has just every week confirmed, given us confirmation. It's going to be okay. He's going to provide. There's going to be opportunities. There's going to be ways. Uh, and I can't see it. Listen, I, I can, let me say this. I can see it in my heart. I know what God has for me to do. And I know if I follow that, if we follow that, then all the other things are going to fall into place. I've never been at this point in my life of the faith that I've got and what God can do. That if I would pursue his kingdom and do his things and what he wants in my life, that he will add all the other things. God has been preparing me for this season. He's been preparing our church for this season. I pray you go into it with me. Hey, you know, it's 2020. It's COVID. It's, you know... Uh, it's, uh, you know, earthquakes and hurricanes and tornadoes and, 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 and Bethany and I are like, Hey, let's, 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 you know, transition out of our job that at one time I felt a lot of identity in. God said, yeah, that's it. That's what I want for you in 2020. And so here we go. I need your prayers. Uh, we are going to be in this together. I'm going to continue to serve. Uh, I'll be able to spend some more time with the church and our ministry here. And a lot of time with faith life. I really, God's given me this passion that says faith uh, was meant to be lived out. And people need help. People need help connecting Sundays to the rest of their week. I lived it for six years living in a job that wasn't necessarily faith. It was a vocation. But I very much felt called to it and balancing how my faith on Sundays played out through the week and how I was able to serve and live out my faith and help other people and build community of people of faith, doing things that aren't just church, but are using your gifts, your talents, your skill sets, just like Ephesians 2.10 says that we are new created, that we were created in Christ Jesus. We are his handiwork to do good works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. That every Christian has untapped potential and has good things God has prepared for you to do. That this ministry that our church can help unlock. And if we can unlock the potential of God's people to live out their faith, I think we can change our community. I think we can change our state. I think we can change the country. I think we can change the world. God said go from here. I think we can do it from Pikeville. I think we can do it from, from right where we are. We can reach people all over the globe. That's what God has in my heart. I've taken the first step. I've done some things that don't make sense. I'm doing my best to communicate. There have been days that I've known what God has wanted me to do and I've hesitated. And he said, go forward. I'm asking, go with me, do the same, be in the boat together. 
Let's push out to the in, into the deep and let's trust him to do things. We know what he's going to do unimaginably. I've tried to imagine this last week that I've been reflecting and thinking and God's stirring up all these ideas in my heart and what, what, what what's going to come of this. And I've got a crazy imagination. I don't want to share some of the big stuff. It's bigger than maybe we, you know, is the right time we'll share it. And I think, but God, you said I'm unimaginable. I don't know if I'm ready for that, but I'm going to go. God, we thank you for this opportunity. God, that you are a God that created us, that loves us, that, that pursues us, that cares for us. God, that when 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 we give our our life to you, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and not our ability to do good and not our righteousness, but His, God, that you change us, that 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 we find purpose, that we begin to make a difference. We are the salt and light. We make a difference. God, use our church to be that uh, in our community for our neighbors. God, as we move into this new chapter, this new season for our church, for me personally, for Bethany, for our family, God, just go before us. Prepare our way. Direct our steps. We'll keep planning in our heart, but we're going to trust you for all of the success. God, if there's anybody listening anywhere, God, I just pray you just reach down right into their living room, into their vehicle, wherever they are right now, and just share and shed your love on them. God, and just remind them of those three simple words, come unto me, and they'll find rest for their souls. God, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If this message has blessed you tonight, Please just leave a comment on our Facebook page, on the YouTube video. You can go to our, our website, send us an email. You can text me, Facebook message me, any of those things. Um, don't forget, going into this week, that God's way is greater than our way.